church. But we thank you, Lord God, for every church door that's open in your name. Help us to treasure in our hearts all that our Lord has done for us that enable us to show our thankfulness by the lives that we give wholly in your service. Bless us, Lord God, that we would not just keep it in these four walls, but that we would leave this place being the Christians that you're calling for us to be. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you will do. Bless now. And we give you all of the praise and all of the glory in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. We'll be further led now by the liturgical dance ministry of these young ladies. My name Anthony Brown. I'm a son a brother, a loyal friend, and a believer. Raised in church, but live in a very real world. The past few years have taught me some valuable lessons. Lessons in pain, heartache, betrayal, and triumph. I've learned to acknowledge what I feel, but act on what I know. These are my thoughts, my fears, my declarations, and my confessions. This is how I get through when I feel a long way from Sunday. This is the day. This is that the Lord has made. He didn't have to let me see it. It could have been another way. But he gave me mercy. He gave me mercy.
let's thank God for these young ladies. Amen. You know, the word of God says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Today being the first Sunday, we will have our youth deacons who are getting ready now to lead us further into the service. And it's not their devotion. This is going to be our devotion, and they're just going to lead us further into the service. Amen. My name is Trayvon Harris. I'll be doing the prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for allowing us all another chance to come together and worship your holy name. Father, we thank you for every family here. We pray that your Holy Spirit bless this service. We pray for our pastor and the spoken word this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Scripture for the morning reads as follows. All together. And the Lord says, What sorrow awaits Jehokanim, who builds his palace with forced labor? He builds injustice into its walls, for he makes his neighbors work for nothing. He does not pay them for their labor. He says, I will build a magnificent palace with huge rooms and many windows. I will panel it throughout with fragrant cedar and paint it a lovely red. But a beautiful cedar palace does not make a great king. Your father Josiah also had plenty to eat and drink, but he was just and right in all his dealings. That is why God blessed him. He gave justice justice to help to the poor and needy, and everything went well for him. Isn't that what it means to know me, says the Lord? God's word for God's people. Good morning. Today I'm going to be doing a prayer for you. Father, we pause once again to lift your name up and also to thank you for your grace and mercy. Father, we offer condolences for those church members going through bereavement. We pray your Holy Spirit comforts them. We pray for our beloved sick and shut-in members. Continue to strengthen and encourage them. We also pray for those undergoing medical treatments this week and those that are currently in the hospital recovering from illness. We ask that you put your finger of protection and healing on each of them. Lastly, we pray for our pastor, and the spoken word this morning. In Jesus' pray, amen. Please remain standing for the response of reading. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Congregation, 
As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. All together, anyone who does not love May God, may God add a blessing to the hearers, readers, and doers of this other word. Please join us as we sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Come on now. One more time.
Thank you. Good morning, K Chapel. Just a quick reminder that the installation of our ministry officers will take place on today during the 11 o'clock worship service. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, K Chapel, and the members of your health ministry want to remind you of the importance of screening for this disease. To help bring awareness, we're asking everyone to go pink on the fourth Sunday of this month, October the 27th. In addition, members of the health ministry will be in the fellowship hall on the second and third Sundays between services to sign up walkers and donors for the annual Making Strides Against Breast Cancer of Central Mississippi. This event is scheduled for Saturday, October the 26th. We can make a difference. Don't forget about the upcoming annual Youth and Parent Kickoff Informational Session and luncheon to take place on Sunday, October the 20th at 1 p.m. in the Family Life Center gym. The mission is taking a census. That's right, the K Chapel mission is taking a census to learn how many women we have here worshiping at Cade. We're asking all ladies ages 19 and older to complete the orange card located in the back of the pew and place the completed card in the offering basket. Even if you're not a member, we'd still like for you to be included in the count. The census will be conducted throughout the month of October, so even if you're not counted today, you have a few more opportunities this month. It only takes one time and a few seconds, so grab that card and get counted, ladies of Cade. Professionals, business owners, politicians, this is an opportunity to share your knowledge in your perspective field with the Walton Scholars. Join us for the Walton Elementary Career Day on Friday, October the 25th from 9.30 to 11. 30 minutes to an hour increments. Please see Sister Alistair Morgan for further details. October is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and on today, the members of the Voices of Love are wearing purple ribbons in support of this cause. First Corinthians says, Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice with wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. The next level of love one can experience after God is the love of self. Love you enough to know that you're more than a conqueror. If you're in an unsafe environment, call the hotline and get help. The youth spotlight for this month is the Murrah High School senior, Mr. Rashad Harris. At Murrah High School, Rashad is an active battalion staff member of the Junior ROTC. He attended the National Flight School and was interviewed and awarded for his performance. Rashad is a ninth-year member of Power APEC Orchestra, where he plays the viola, and a four-year member of the Mississippi Youth Symphony Orchestra. He participated in the Jackson Heart Study at Tougaloo College, where he completed SLAM 1, 2, and 3 and received numerous awards. He's an active member of Cade Chapel and serves in the capacity of the Cade Media Team, Youth Council, Youth Usher, and Sunday School. Outside of his organizational work, he runs his own freelance photography business and was awarded two Scholastic Go Keys for his artistic visions. Awesome work, Rashad. Keep it up. On First Sunday here at Cade, we also celebrate your birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the month of October. And please be sure to check our bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Well, grace and peace be unto you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and glad in it. Amen. Thank God for this day, another day's journey. Amen. Amen. Listen, I do just want to bring special emphasis to the announcements already made uh, to our ladies who are members of CADE and non-members, as you heard, 
Uh, we simply want to get a good count of women uh, who are engaged in ministry here. And so all of the ladies, if you will, take just a moment and fill out this orange census card and turn it back in. Um, uh, we want to make sure that you are registered and we know who you are, where you are, and how we can contact you uh, when various uh, ministry opportunities are being uh, made available. So make sure that you do that uh, for us before you leave here. All during the month of October, uh, we'll be taking this census information. So let's make sure all of our ladies uh, get, get that information filled out. Also, we do want to um, uh, remind you of the uh, youth uh, kickoff, the youth parent and parent kickoff on October 20th. Uh, that after the church, uh, after 11 o'clock uh, service uh, at 1 p.m., you're invited all of our youth and parents to the youth and parent kickoff. We're planning a wonderful year of activities uh, for our youth church, and we want to make sure that you are engaged and informed and know all of the things that are going on. They will be feeding you lunch as well, and so we want all of our parents and all of our youth uh, of parents to be a part of that meeting. We do want to give also congratulations uh, to Sister Lucille Green, who was inducted this past weekend. Uh, in the National Black College uh, Alumni Hall of Fame. Amen. That was held in Atlanta, Georgia. She joined about uh, 13 other uh, inductees uh, in a wonderful occasion. And so uh, when you see her, make sure that you congratulate her on that wonderful accomplishment. Um, lastly, let us, uh, let us recognize our October birthdays. If you have a birthday in the month of October, won't you stand to your feet and let us wish you a happy birthday this morning. All of our October babies, won't you stand? Amen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. to each of you. We hope that you enjoy your day whenever it comes in the month of October. Earlier uh, in our 8 o'clock service, I was able to um, recognize some ladies who we are uh, excited about deploying into ministry. Sister Davis, Shirley Davis uh, is here somewhere. Where is she? There she is, Sister Davis. Uh, uh, as well as those ladies who are going to be a part uh, of the women's uh, prison ministry. If you're here, won't you stand to your feet? Let us recognize you this morning. All the ladies are going to be a part of the women's prison ministry. For many, many years, for many, many years, we had two of our, uh, our dear uh, ladies, Mother Minifield and Sister Granberry, who for many years uh, uh, went out to maximum security prisons uh, and ministered to women uh, who were in need. Uh, we're delighted to be able to have about, I believe, eight to ten ladies who now are signed up to carry that, that tradition on of ministry, and, and they'll get started on tomorrow. Is that right? Tomorrow will be their first day, and so we're excited. We want you to be praying for them, uh, that they will know uh, how to engage and, and how to reach uh, these young ladies for the, for the good of, of the kingdom of God. You know, um, listen, I, I said at 8 o'clock, um, all of us uh, can relate or should be able to relate to the fact that we needed a second chance or maybe another chance. Um, and, and so we're, we're thankful that you all are going to be doing that and ministering to them and providing uh, uh, not only the good news, but providing, providing interaction and hope uh, that they can get their lives back on the right track. Amen. We'll be praying for you and your good success. Let's pray for them, Kay Chapel. Amen. 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 Our ministry leaders, all of our ministry leaders, we will be installing you temp uh, in just a moment. Um, uh, for your various offices as you uh, serve uh, this upcoming year. We thank you for your uh, accepting the call to serve. 
and we're uh, going to be praying for your good success throughout this year, the 2019-2020 uh, uh, fiscal year. We're excited about what God is going to do, and we will install you in just a few moments. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Good morning, K Chapel. Well, guess what? It is giving time. Wait a minute. Come on now. Let's have it is giving time. Listen, it's time for our benevolent offering. It is a time where we ask that you prepare those gifts where we can help those people that are less fortunate than ourselves. So give liberally that we may take care of our obligation to those people. Ushers, you are in charge.
every praise, not some praise, but every praise. Now let's give him a praise, a word of thanks for what he has given us. We would give nothing, O oh great giver, of every good and perfect gift. If you had not first given it to us, grant us grace so to do with what for, what for a moment is ours, that we may please you with what is eternally yours. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. At this time, I want to invite all of our officers, those of you who will be serving in various uh, capacities uh, as officers of the church and as heads of ministry, if you will join us now at uh, the altar for this moment of installation, uh, I invite each of you to come now. All of our officers, heads of ministries, thank God for you. Amen. Kay Chapel, can you bless them while they come? These are your servants. These are your servants. They are here to serve you. Amen. Amen. They are here to serve you. Amen. Officers and heads of ministries. Amen. God bless you. We got our two. We got them up there here. Look at there. There they are, front and center. Look at there. God bless you. God is good. God is good. God is good. Let me introduce you to these new mothers then. I don't believe we had an introduction of them. Amen. Sister Shirley Davis, raise your hand. Soon to be Mother Shirley Davis. Amen. Sister Epps, raise your hand. Loretta Epps, raise your hand. Soon to be Mother Epps. Amen. We thank God for both of you being willing to serve and taking on the grand ministry of mother. Amen. You should be getting uh, a handout now, which is serve as our litany uh, for installation of these, our leaders and officers. should have one. If not, look on with your leader neighbor. Amen. And if not with your leader neighbor, you should see it on the screen as well. You have accepted the office to which you have been elected or appointed. Do you promise with the Lord as your helper to faithfully fulfill its duties? Pray now for the faith and compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the boldness of Peter, for the evangelistic zeal of Philip, for the administrative insight of Priscilla and Aquila, and for the wisdom of Paul. Will you? 
accept this church office in proportion to your faith to minister, to teach, exhort, to give liberally, to lead with diligence, and to show mercy with cheerfulness? Do you covenant and promise that you will walk together in love for one another and exercise affectionate watchfulness over all those given to your charge? Will you, according to your abilities and opportunities, show good to all, especially in helping to extend the gospel in its purity and power to the whole human family? Will you regularly support the work of the church by systematic contributions, both spiritual and financial? God uphold you and direct you as you go forth. If you will, join hands with your neighbor. We need each other. And there's a song that we sing. It's a covenant promise vow, really, that we make in that song saying that I'll pray for you but I'll need you to pray for me. I love you, and I need you to survive. Here's the promise. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. We, in fact, need each other. My prayer for you is that as we go through this year, we will continue to lean into that truth as we lean on each other and always lean on the everlasting arms of our Lord and our Savior. Let us pray. God, our Father, helper and sustainer, you who formed us in our mother's wombs gave to each of us skills and talents necessary for the assignment before us. God, I thank you for these leaders, these officers, these who stand to minister, the various capacities that they've been charged. Strengthen each of them now. When the load feels too heavy, teach them to wait upon you, knowing that as they wait, you will renew their strength. When the way does not seem clear, remind them that they can ask for wisdom because you give it liberally. When it seems that perhaps the assignment 
is too great. Remind them, O oh God, that you have put into each of their hands that which is necessary for good success. We love you and we thank you. And God, now, we consecrate each of them for your service. Sanctify them now. Cleanse their hearts. Purify their minds. Consecrate their motives so that all that we do will glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Congratulations. Duly elected and appointed officers. We salute you. We pray for you. And we're looking for great things from you. God bless you. God keep you. As you return to your seats, around 10 o'clock this morning, if you are a part of the uh, text service of our church, if you've signed up to receive text, you should have received one around 10 o'clock this morning uh, that reminded you to support our school here at K Chapel. I want to thank those of you who have already done so in the wonderful fashion that you are, where there's a list of of things that supplies and materials uh, that our school uh, stand in need of so that we can continue to sharpen and shape young minds. Uh, a fantastic job our school is doing, but you know what? I could stand here all day and tell you that, uh, but I think it's better done by someone who's actually had a child in the school. And so I've asked uh, Kim Wade. Kim, will you come now? Uh, amen, God bless you. <laughs> Kim, can you come and share just a few moments? She's, she's recovering from the flu, amen? If you'll take, yeah, sure, sure, that'll be fine. There you go, thank you. Amen, and I, I just asked her if she, if she could give us just a first-hand account in her own words uh, about the school itself. Kim, God bless you. Good morning, church family. Um, I've grown up in the church. Know many, if not most of you here. Um, I had a very personal experience with the uh, Center for Family Life preschool with my youngest, London, attending um, about two years ago now. Um, both of my girls started out at a home center as a paranoid mom, didn't want them in daycare centers and whatnot, and London actually has a late birthday, so we were kind of in a transition period where she was a little too old to be at a home center, but not quite ready for preschool where her sister was. So. We just decided to go ahead and give the church a try. I mean, what better way to support your own church? Um, you know, I have many friends who their children attend other Christian schools and things. And I mean, I, like I said, I've grown up here, been taught about the word of God, uh, Christian living and things, and was very pleasantly surprised at my experience. London started out in the two-year-old class. She was going on three. Um, within maybe two weeks of being here, she was potty trained, which is something we struggled with. Um, her teacher told me one day when I picked her up, Mama, don't bring any more pull-ups, panties only. We got her. She was potty trained by the end of the week. Um, I was just impressed that I had a three-year-old coming home saying scriptures that I didn't even know. Wow. Um, the kids go to... 
go to chapel every Wednesday. They wear uniforms, um, and it's so cute to see little two, three, and four-year-olds, you know, walking in a straight line, coming. I mean, they're very disciplined, quiet, won't say a word. Will come in, file into the sanctuary, and they have their chapel session where they do their scriptures. They sing songs. Um, like I said, just wonderful. London came, you know, she started here. She started in the two-slash-three-year-old class and had moved up to, like, the three-slash-four-year-old class by the time she was finished here. Um, and, I mean, just amazed. She was writing her name, first and last name, legibly. <laughs> um, knew more than just your basic things you expect preschoolers to know, numbers, ABCs, colors. Uh, they had homework, uh, <laughs> something I wasn't ready for. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, she came home, we did our homework sheets, and she finished them, turned them in, and came back home with more homework. Um, and if you walk through the, the, the new part of the um, Family Life Center, you'll see where the classrooms are, where they display the children's work, and they do an amazing job. Um, they offer, also offer summer programs. Uh, they have a summer camp that older children, which my oldest was able to participate in, same thing, they were still doing schoolwork. Summertime doesn't mean a break. Um, I still expect my children to learn just like my mom expected us growing up. Summertime was not a break from school. You still had to learn. Um, and so they were still coming home telling me all types of things that they learned. I am very impressed with this preschool, and I'm not just saying this because Reverend Buckley asked me to. It's because I had personal experience. Her teachers were amazing. Amazing. My only regret is that I didn't put her in sooner. Wow. Um, like I said, the only reason she left is because she got a spot in the school where her sister was, where she plans on, you know, finishing elementary school. But just the foundation that was laid with her, um, blown away. Amen. Class size, you know, small enough where they got a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention, which is very important to me. Because you get to putting them in these daycare centers, and there's not, you know, that, that teacher-to-student ratio. They're kind of pushing it to where there are too many students for one teacher. Um, you know, they know each child by name. Um, they're not afraid to tell me when she acts up, but they're also not afraid to tell me when she's doing well. And like I said, the fact that a three-year-old can come home and quote Bible scriptures that some of you all probably wouldn't know was enough for me to know that we made the right decision. So if you all have little ones here, please consider um, our church's preschool, because I mean, what sense does it make to send them out somewhere else when we have a perfectly Amen. wonderful school here? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I I, I just thought I'd let you hear it for yourself because we hear it all the time, but it's another thing uh, for parents to give their, their testimony. So thank you so much for that. A way that you can support if you don't have a child or a grandchild, again, you can go on the, on the site that was uh, sent to you by phone, by text, uh, and support by, by uh, making a purchase of some of those items uh, that our child, child care stand, center stands in need of. We thank you uh, for your ongoing support. God bless. Good morning, Kate. We always have special people in the audience with us, and we call them visitors, but they're just friends we haven't met before. So we'd like to ask all our special friends who are not members of Kate Chapel yet, would you please stand? All right. All right, we had one slow to get up there, but that's all right. Just stand up. We're not going to hurt you. In fact, this is a time, I don't know if you've had a hug today or a holy kiss, 
but you are in store for it right now. We'd like to say welcome, and we'd like to invite you to come back whenever your schedules will allow you. And if you are looking for a church home, you don't have to look any further. Cade Chapel is a place where you are welcome to be who you are and serve the Lord as the Lord has blessed you and gifted you. Now, keep standing, because we're going to give you something you can only get at Cade Chapel.
this morning there are some members that are in need of your prayers and I want to share a few opportunities that you will have for this upcoming week to share in the ministry of one another as we remember care for and pray for these members your continued prayers are requested for brother Hank Anderson who lost a nephew brother Dorian Clark lost his mother Yolanda Griffin Clark that funeral was held on Thursday October 3rd sister Carol Anthony lost her sister Jeanette Brown Dean and that funeral was held on yesterday please continue in prayer for the Gross family for they lost their loved one and our friend brother Fred Gross that funeral was held here at K Chapel on yesterday Sister Sharon Turner Davis lost her father, Mr. M.C. Turner. That funeral will be held on October 12th in Silver City, Mississippi. Sister Elnora Cropper lost her sister, Elmir Ruth Ederit. That funeral will be held on October 9th in Brandon. Also, Sister Loretta Williams lost her husband, Mr. Alonzo Williams, who is also the uncle of Deacon Kelvin Williams. Services are incomplete at this time. We have in the hospital Brother Kenny Williams and Sister Thelma Long. They're in the hospital over at the St. Dominic's. And the Mack family is requesting prayer for their brother, Mr. A.J. Mack, who had a stroke on last Monday but is now at home recovering. We ask your continued prayers of those people that are all at home recovering. Coach Walter Griffin, Brother Frank Blonson, Sister Dorothy Allridge, Mother Triplett, Sister Vera Collins, Sister Aletha Lewis, and Sister Catherine Wadlington, who was back in service this morning. And as I always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, Thank God that you can. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask that you prepare for our offering. Yes, brothers and sisters, now it's time for us to bless the Lord through our giving, through our tithes, as well as our offerings. We give because it demonstrates our obedience to God. It also gives a sign of our thankfulness for God for supplying provisions in our lives. We give because we want to see God's kingdom now through the giving that we do through the missions and the ministries that occur here at Cade and around the world. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word of God for the people of God. Amen.
Can we bless these children? Anybody thankful this morning? Amen.
Anybody love him this morning? Anybody really love the Lord this morning? I love the Lord. He heard my cry. Amen, amen. If you will consider this portion of scripture with me found in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 22. Jeremiah 22, beginning with verse number 13. Jeremiah 22, verse number 13. There you will find these words recorded. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages and giveth him not for his work. That saith, I will build me a wide house and large chambers and cutteth him out windows and it is sealed with cedar and painted with vermilion. Shall thou reign because thou closest thyself in cedar? Did not thy father eat and drink and, and do judgment and justice and then it was well with him. He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well with him. Was not this to know me, saith the Lord? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the subject, the gospel of justice. The gospel of justice. Today is the first Sunday of new fiscal year. It's a Sunday that we set aside to install our officers who will minister, who will lead ministries in this church, who will work with you and work for you in seeing our vision and our values realized. We start again this year, this first Sunday of October, with a ministry of missions that include benevolence, laymen and missionary projects, supporting causes and partnering with charities whose work align with our values and advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the denominational work of our state and national conventions. This work includes disaster relief efforts, which most recently involved this church's contribution to aiding the people of the Bahamas, but also includes sustained efforts in criminal justice reform, affordable housing, and providing leadership on issues of systemic racism that impacts the quality of life for many minorities. Here at K Chapel, we are and will continue to be actively engaged in supporting issues and causes that positively impact people's lives. Partnering with Walton School to improve educational outcomes, bringing attention to and supporting any number of issues in and related to health and healthcare, community development, food and clothing security, and other issues of justice that reflect biblical precepts and God's best intentions for human flourishing and for a beloved community. Why? Because that's what we do here. That's who we are. 
and we will continue to lean into these things not as an add-on to our faith but rather as a direct result and an expression of our faith it is our reading of God's word and our understanding of God as being the God of justice who stands on the side of the oppressed that prompts us to be advocates for love for mercy and just and for the justice of God to be felt and made visible in and throughout the world I want to stress that to you this morning in recommitting ourselves to an active ministry of missions, benevolence, and justice work because this is central to who we are and how we practice our faith here. Faithfulness to Christ means faithfulness and commitment to his missions and to his works. And as a church community, we will continue to lean into this work more purposefully, more consistently, with the assurance that doing so is living out the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Jesus whom we love so much. I love the Lord, we say. If it is true, then he said, keep my commandments. I love the Lord. If it is true, then we will follow in his model and mission for ministry. I offer these thoughts in these words to you this morning because over the course of the last year there's been a growing attack in evangelical circles against social justice and its place in matters of faith and church. In fact last September noted pastor, author, and theologian John MacArthur and 13 other pastors penned a statement entitled Social Justice and the Gospel in which a call was issued to return to the gospel which is defined in the statement as quote the divinely revealed message concerning the person and work of Jesus Christ, especially his virgin birth, righteous life, substitutionary sacrifice, atoning death, and bodily resurrection, revealing who he is and what he has done with the promise that he will save anyone and everyone who turns from sin by trusting him as Lord, end of quote. Now, I do not have a problem with that definition. What I have a problem with is the denial that follows that definition. Because after they write that, they say these words, we deny that anything else, whether works to be performed or opinions to be held, can be added to the gospel without perverting it into another gospel. This also means that implications and applications of the gospel, such as the obligation to live justly in the world, though legitimate and important in their own right, are not definitional components of the gospel, end of quote. In other words, they're saying the gospel, according to now these 12,000 pastors who have signed on, the gospel, according to them, is only concerned with the, the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ in order to save man's soul. And that calls for justice in the world are important, but are not central to what the gospel is. Now, the problem that you ought to have with that is that Jesus shows up in the synagogue one day. And reads the scripture from the book of Isaiah saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of the sight to the blind, and the set to liberty them that are bruised. In other words, Jesus says his, his whole ministry is about more than just the saving of souls. 
For Luke's gospel says that after he finished reading that, he gave the book back to the minister, sat down and said to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus defines his own ministry as one of healing the sick, liberating the imprisoned, giving benevolence to the broken, and preaching to the impoverished. Jesus directly aligns his mission with his message. What he preaches and what he practices are congruent and in fact are necessarily combined. The point being that you cannot have a gospel that does not have practical applications and implications about life itself. It is no gospel. You cannot have a gospel that ignores the poor and overlooks the impoverished. You cannot have a gospel that is void of benevolence and lacking in liberation. It is no gospel at all that does not seek to minister to the needs of your brothers and your sisters. And our commitment to Christ is a commitment to his message, but also to his mission and model for mercy and for justice. And I invite each of you over the course of this next year to connect in a very meaningful way to a ministry here in this church that allows you to live out your faith in ways that involve you in the ministry to others, serving others, caring for others, doing for others, providing for others, demonstrating the hands and the hearts of Christ to others because faith in God hear me and hear me well faith in God is not just a static study of theology and the habitual practice of religion in fact Jesus condemns that kind of religiosity with the Pharisees saying that even though they gave great attention to the tithe of mint and cumin that they missed the weightier matters what are the weight of your matters? The weight of your matters, Jesus said, are the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. In other words, Jesus said, you got the religious thing down. The problem is, is that you never put any application to it. He says, you, you, you understand how to practice religion. The problem is, you never live it out in any practical ways. You, you understand, watch this, the religious thing, what you fail to do is understand the relational thing. And he says, and you can't do religion well if you can't do each other well. You, you can't do religion well if you don't understand what it means to be there for one another, what it means to lean on one another, depend on one another, and allow them to depend on you. You can't do religion well if you don't know how to serve. He says, you've taken care of the religious things, but you have neglected the weightier matters. In essence, it says you've, you understand worship, but you've missed the weightier stuff. And unfortunately, I believe a lot of us in Christianity today, in churches across this nation, we've got worship down to a science. If we don't know anything else, we know how to worship. I mean, we can do that blindfolded. We, we can do worship in our sleep. We know what to do when it's coming up. We know when, when the shift is happening. We know what face to make. We, we can do worship in our sleep. It's the weightier matters. We do worship on Sunday well. It's the ministry on Monday. 
Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Worship on Sunday is simple. The weightier matter is Monday morning missionaries. The weightier matter is feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. The weightier part is fighting for fair housing for the poor and advocating for quality education for all children. The weightier part is visiting and helping to reform prisoners. The weightier part is faithfully teaching scripture and mentoring teens as they grow into adulthood. The weightier part is developing a holy discontent for injustice such that your faith would not allow you to rest or go on with business as usual. But where we go wrong oftentimes is that we just are content to worship. We're content with the easy part. Showing up on Sunday and doing church and missing the weightier part of going out on Monday and being the church. We, we, got, we, got, we got Sunday morning coming to church. It's Tuesday going out and taking the church. Y'all looking at me like I ain't talking to good. He, he, he says, you, you, you've got the religious thing down. Now get the relational thing. Where you are the hands, the heart, and the feet of the Christ that you say you love. Too often, too often we're guilty in the church of drowning out the sound of injustice. And we block out the sound of injustice with the opioid of worship. The opioid of music. And the worship and the praise and the music sound so good that we drown out the cries of the community around us. And all we want to do is turn up the music so we don't have to hear the cries. Turn up the worship so we don't have to hear of the injustice. Turn it up! So I don't have to deal with the dilemma of injustice around me. And what God says is, no, the music is too loud. Turn it down so you can hear the cries that only the church can respond to. So I want to submit to you that it is in the space of putting who we are and what we have in the hands of our Lord that we really develop into the knowledge of who God is. Because I can hear it being said already. Reverend, these problems are way too much. What's going on in Jackson, what's going on in Mississippi, what's going on in our nation is too much for one church or us to handle. It's the same thing that the disciples thought about the 5,000 before them. They came to Jesus and said, Lord, it's too big. It's too big of a crowd. This is too much for 12 men to handle. And Jesus didn't get them off the hook. He said, what do you have? Don't tell me about what you don't have. Tell me what you do have. And are you willing to put what you do have in my hands? And when you put what you have in your hands, in his hands, he says, I'll make it what it ought to be. The too little that you have, I'll make it to be more than enough. In our text, God is condemning the injustice of King Shalom, the king of Judah, through 
the prophet Jeremiah. God is mad with this king. He's upset with this king. And he identifies the problem that he has with this new king of Judah. God says to this king, woe to him that builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his own people work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. That's the first thing that this text teaches us, that God has a problem with his people taking advantage of and not advocating on behalf of the poor. God has a problem with his people taking advantage and not advocating on behalf of the poor. Say it in another way. God has a problem of people getting rich off of the backs of poor folk. Not only, watch this, not only does he have a problem of people getting rich off of the backs of poor folks, he has a problem with people who watch it happen and don't say anything. He, he, he says, listen, he says, listen, I have a problem with you because you, you're, building, you're building this grand palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making your own people work, and you're not paying them for their labor. He says, I have a problem with you using and exploiting the labor of people and not being fair in their wages. That's what he says. He says, I have a problem with, with you allowing, watch this, let me bring it into, into modern day terms. I have a problem with you allowing immigrant workers to be underpaid so that companies can get bigger profit margins. I have a problem with you watching it happen and not saying anything about it. I have a, wait a minute, I have a problem with you having workers on your own who you have a whole, you, you got your whole uh, Rolodex uh, of workers that you call when you need roofs and, and when you need something done at the house and, and you don't even pay them fair. Oh, he got quiet now. You, you, you don't even pay them what, yeah, what the job was worth. Oh, don't look at me like that. Guilty. 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 He says, I have a problem. I have a problem with you allowing people to work and you not be f being fair in the payment. Watch this. Holding over them something. Because you ain't going to make too much of noise because. Amen. Hey, I'm on your street in your driveway, in fact. God has a problem with people being taken advantage of and for the church not advocating for such people. Let me help you in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, I believe it's uh, 22, I believe it is. But, but, but you, you, you write this down. I'm going to read this to you. It's from the, this is from the contemporary English version. In verse 5 it says, Drinking makes you forget your responsibilities and you mistreat the poor. Beer and wine are only for the dying or for those who have lost all hope. Verse 7, let them drink and forget how poor and miserable they feel. Watch this, here it is, verse 8. But you must defend those who are helpless and have no hope. Be fair and give justice to the poor and the homeless. That's what God says he expects of us. Number two, number two, and I'm going on. Number two, number two. God blesses those who act and live justly. 
God blesses those. That's what this text teaches. God blesses those who act. In other words, listen, you don't have, watch this, you don't have to cut corners in order to get over. You, you, don't, you don't have to do wrong in order to get ahead. No, no. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't have to slide something under the table or let somebody slide something on the table to you in order to get ahead. No, no. This says, you do right and I'll cover you. God says, you do what's right, and I got your back. In, in, in fact, in fact, in fact, here's, here's, here's what he says. He says, listen, to this evil king, he says, did not thy father eat and drink and do justice? He says, in other words, your, your daddy wasn't like you. He said, he did the right thing, and he had everything he needed. He said, you're going about it the wrong way. You, you think that you have to keep from others in order to get what you need in life. He says, but no, if you do right by others, I'll make sure that you got what you need. If you do right, do the right thing, God will take care of you. It amazes me all the time how, how, how people look at and wonder how it is that Chick-fil-A continues to do so well in the fast food industry and they only stay open six days a week. How is it that other, other food, fast food companies are operating seven days a week, some of them 24 hours a day, and still aren't out doing Chick-fil-A? And I ain't gonna even lie to you, I'm not a Chick-fil-A fan, but, 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 but well, I ain't going to get into all that. But he, he, here, here is what the owner, here's what the owner said. He said, when, when, I, when I went into business, I decided that I was going to do it God's way. And, and I believe there's something to honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy. And he says, on Sunday, I'm shutting it down. And he says, he says and, the, and my workers can worship, can be with family. He says, my, 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 my machinery, everything takes a rest. Because, watch this. And when you have the courage to do it God's way, God will take care of you. You don't have to do what the world says you have to do in order to be successful. Put God's word to the test and see won't he bless you in spite of what the world says. Lastly, I'm through. Knowing God is to participate in a justice ethic. Knowing God is to participate in a justice ethic. Let me bring Job into this sermon for just a second. Job, you remember, was, was, was struck with, with, with the death of his children. He was struck with illness. Um, and, and he went uh, for a long period of time in, 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 the, in the narrative uh, crying out to God, uh, asking for answers from God, uh, debating even with his friends about uh, why things were or were not happening for him. Uh, but it's over in chapter 29 where Job begins to defend himself. And in chapter 29, he talks, about, he talks about his suffering experience in the context of who he is as a man. Because remember, God 
in the very first chapter, has been bragging on Job. He calls him an upright and righteous man. Yeah, and, and, and if you ever wondered why is it that God calls him upright and righteous, perhaps it has something to do with what we read in chapter 29. Chapter 29, verse 11, here is what Job says about himself. He says, whoever heard me spoke well of me, and those who saw me commended me because I rescued the poor who cried for help. And the fatherless who had none to assist them. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. Job says, now listen, ain't bragging on myself. But I do have a record that I can stand on. He says, and, and if you look at my record, I have lived a life of justice. I've tried to do not only right by people, but I've tried to help people who had wrong being done to them. And I want to suggest to you that God called Job upright, upright and righteous in Scripture, not only because he loved the Lord and worshipped him, but because he participated in a justice ethic that caused him to minister to the needs of others. Job was a missionary of mercy. Listen to him. He says, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. Job was an advocate of action. Listen to him. He says, I was a case to the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. He participated in charity, but he was not afraid to advocate for the needy. And all I'm saying to you is, is that God calls us to do more than worship him. He calls us to be ministers of the gospel. And the gospel is a gospel of justice. It is a gospel that says where wrong happens, we will be those who will advocate for right. Where there is injustice, we will call it out. And we will do what we can to make the situation right for brothers and sisters to establish beloved community. Because that's what we've been called to do. I, I encourage each of you, I implore each of you, if you are not actively involved in ministry right now, ministry that has you touching needs, meeting miseries, ministering to people who are broken and need hope, if you're not actively engaged in any type of ministry that regularly or periodically does that, puts you in the front lines and puts you into the trenches of service, if you're not involved in that, I invite you this year to make that part of what you do because worship is not enough. Sunday morning service it's not enough. You have got to get involved in the weight of your matters. The weight of your matters. Missionary president, is she here? Is she here for the 11 o'clock? She was here at 8. I need a vice president. 
missionary vice president, a missionary, sir, come on, Sister Moody, thank you, Sister Moody. Is Brother Davis here? Brother Davis, James Davis. If not, Brother Elvers, is he here? James is here. Bring him out of the finance room. Amen. Somebody else can count money. Amen. Bring him out. Bring him out. Amen. Brother David, Sister Moody, come on out. Come on out. Now, if you're wondering how to get involved, these are two individuals representing the layman, Brother Davis, representing the missionaries, Sister Moody. In between the layman and the missionaries, this is where the work happens. This is where the ministry happens. This is where you get engaged and ministering to the needs of others. If you're not doing that, see these individuals before you leave today and sign up for one of their ministries. For one of their ministries. And you may not do something all the time, but if you do something some of the time, it's better than you doing nothing none of the time. Can y'all talk to me in here? Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm going to call you. Don't go too far because I'm going to call you back up at the end of service so they don't have to be looking for you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, if you're here this, this evening, this afternoon, I'm sorry. If you're here this afternoon and you have yet to give your life to Christ, if you're here and you don't have a church home where you can live out the faith that we just talked about in meaningful ways, if you're here and, and you don't know your eternal resting place, because let me, let me let you in on something. Barring the return of Christ, all of us will die at some point. I know we don't like to talk about it, but that's just the reality of life. There is life and there is also death. And when you die, there is an eternity prepared for you. Two options. Heaven. Or hell. Yes, I still believe that heaven is real and so is hell. According to scripture, that eternity awaits all of us. And depending on whose you are and who you serve determines your eternal life and the destination you live it. If you're here this morning and you're uncertain about where you would live eternity, I want to invite you to give your life to Christ. Because in doing that, you're saying, I want to be a son and a daughter of God through Jesus Christ, my Savior, and therefore have the right to life eternal in heaven with him. If you're here this morning and you're ready to make that declaration, I invite you to come. I've decided to follow Jesus no turning back I have decided follow Jesus to follow Jesus I've decided I have decided to follow I have decided right now today to follow Jesus. No, no turning back.
you've already saved, you've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home, you can make a decision right now. And this will be the church. This will be the place that I will be your pastor and these people here will be your brothers and sisters where you can walk out and live out your faith among a community of believers who will encourage you, who will inspire you, who will walk with you through life's dark times and celebrate with you life's good times. If you're here and you don't have that fellowship of faith, we invite you to make the decision to make K Chapel your church home. If you're here, won't you come now? Won't you come now? No turning. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. That's a good decision to make. Yes. The world behind me. But the cross. The cross before me. God bless you. God keep you. Uh, let's see where they were. Sister Moody, come on back up. Brother Davis, come on back up. Amen. Amen. Front of, bring some paper with you, some, some paper or something, because there are a lot of folk who are going to be coming and saying, sign me up. Sign me up. I want to work. Sign me up. I need to get involved. Sign me up. I, I need to do more than worship. I need some of the weightier matters. Sign me up. Amen. Amen. They're going to bombard you, so... Amen. Get some support up here. Amen. They're coming. Aren't you coming? Aren't you? Yeah, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Amen. I, I need a few more amens on this side. Aren't you coming? Amen. God bless you. Y'all come on. Amen. Missionaries and laymen, get involved today so that we can live out our faith and make substantial impact for the kingdom of God. Let's do that this year. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Come now. Come now.